Truth Still Matters, episode number two. Come one, come all. Welcome to the Catholic Podcast. Truth Still Matters. The human person is made for truth. Despite this dictatorship of relativism, we breathe every day. This podcast exists in the stream of the new evangelization championed by Pope John Paul the Great and continued with Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI and Pope Francis. We will have the opportunity to learn and reflect on the timeless truths revealed by God and deposited in the Catholic Church. If you're looking for apologetics or theology that can be applied to your life right now, you've found a new home. Stop drowning in the world of opinion and embrace yourselves for truth still matters. I'm back in your back and guess what? Truth still matters. <laughs> I want to thank you. I'm so excited for the second installment of Truth Still Matters. Uh, the first episode was well received. I want to thank you for your feedback. It was very helpful. And I just want to encourage you to spread the word about this new Catholic podcast or vodcast or vidcast or whatever they're calling it these days, some kind of show. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm excited and I hope you're excited that we get a chance to spend this time together uh, through this new media. Uh, and the motive is just to, to, to dive into the love of God uh, and, and to respond to the call that he's given us. You've got a call on your life. I've got a call on my life. And let's respond that we might be partakers in the divine life uh, to live on a level that's unheard of just on human strength alone. But by God's grace, we are called to do the impossible. And I'm excited that I get to walk with you along this journey. I want to encourage you to leave an iTunes review or just a review, or not just a review, but a, an important review on my website, hubertsanders.com. Let's get this word out because this is a part of the new evangelization, that old gospel truth, but animated in our own personal lives and delivered with new rigor and vigor and, and just an excitement of, of what the Lord has for us. And so... I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask for your continued prayers on this endeavor. Tonight's, well, not tonight's. You may not be watching it tonight. You may be watching it in the morning. I don't know. But this moment's message is about compassion. Our God is compassionate. Are we deserving of that compassion? Absolutely not. If you're anything like me, you constantly spit in God's face by your actions and I do with my actions and I have to repent daily. But he continues to be compassionate. And I'm excited and so encouraged by the compassion of God. I mean, without his compassion, there would be no hope because we are constantly stepping in it. We're constantly tripping over our own selves. We are constantly getting in the way of his plans. But his compassion is what sustains us. It's what gives us the courage to keep on keeping on. Even in the midst of the thoughts 
or the reality of I'm not worthy. Yes, none of us are worthy. But if we let that get in our way, we wouldn't do anything, would we? <laughs> God died for us when we were yet sinners. And so let's take that as our foundation and rock. And let's be about the business of spreading the kingdom. Compassion. Moved with compassion. I want to start off by simply looking at the term. I did a little research on the term, and this is what I found out. That compassion, in the Hebrew text, the English word compassion is used to translate nine different words in the Hebrew. The English word compassion is used to translate five different Greek words. And the, the meanings range from to have pity, to comfort, to sympathize, to have mercy, to spare, to, com to be compassionate. What are some ideas that come to your mind when you think of compassion? Hmm? Do you think of that auntie, that grandmother, that granddad, that spouse, that classmate that is constantly looking out for your better half? What are some ideas that come to your mind? Compassion. Well, I'm here to say that the Lord that we serve, the Blessed Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is a God of compassion. Yes, indeed. And compassion has many different meanings, many different meanings. In St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all encouragement. We don't serve a Lord that is out to get us. We don't serve a God that is out to simply list a bunch of rules and regulations. But everything that God communicates to us has an underpinning of compassion, of true love. True love. Now, when we speak on practically being compassionate in this world, we're talking about the ability to rise above self-centeredness and to be focused on the other. For the other's sake, that is true compassion. That is actually the mark of being a human being, being able to come out of oneself in order to concentrate and focus on someone else. They call that having a transcendent end. And compassion is one of the key markers in being a human being. I want to take you back. 1968. For you golfers out there. There was a man by the name of Roberto de Ficenzo. And he was a great golfer. Unfortunately, one of the things that he's known for is one of the mistakes that he made. But this mistake demonstrates the kind of compassion or the kind of focus on the other that he had. He's known for signing an incorrect scorecard. He was in the Masters Tournament. And he, and he wrapped it up. He won that tournament. And according to the rules of golf, you have to sign off on your scorecard. And that becomes your permanent score record, whatever's on the card, even if the score is incorrect. And Roberto did not check the scorecard. He simply signed it, and he signed a scorecard that had him losing 
the Masters tournament. And he ended up losing. And if that was me, I would have gone crazy. Are you kidding me? I put it down. <laughs> I won the tournament, right? And now I can't I can't receive the glory because of a because of some kind of technical error. But Roberto was not frazzled. He didn't succumb to bitterness. He simply said, oh, I made a mistake. I'm a goofball, basically. I'm paraphrasing, but what a what a what a mistake. What an idiot. Another example of the character of Roberto. He went on to win many different tournaments. And after one of the tournaments, a lady came up to him explaining her situation. She was a single mother and her child needed support and care and she did not have enough money. And Roberto de Vicenzo's compassion came out and he ended up signing over his winnings for that particular tournament to the lady. Now, a while later, he comes to find out that the woman had bamboozled him, tricked him. And when he found out that the woman tricked him out of his earnings, do you know what his response was? You mean to tell me that there is no sick child? And the reporter said, yes, there was no sick child. You simply were tricked. You were hustled for your money. And he rejoiced. He said, that's the happiest news that I've heard all day. Now he wasn't happy that he lost his money. He was happy that there was no sick child. Isn't that amazing? Compassion, having concern for someone else. When you look at the Latin etymology of this word, passion means to suffer. Okay, remember Mel Gibson's movie of the Passion of the Christ? Passion means to suffer. And when you look at the, uh, the prefix here, co or cum means with. Compassion literally means to suffer with. To suffer with. Now we know that compassion has a broad range of meanings. To have mercy, to have pity. But in this sense, we need to take a second look. Is it possible for God to suffer in his divine nature? Well, no, we know that God is perfect, which means he needs nothing. He loses nothing. He's perfect in and of himself. And so compassionate in the, in the strict sense of to suffer with would be impossible for God until the fullness of time. St. Paul describes the fullness of time as when the father sends the son. The technical term for this is the incarnation, when the eternal word 
takes on flesh so that you and I can have a relationship. When Jesus takes on human nature, he doesn't do it to gain anything. He does it so that we gain. And what do we gain? We gain an insight into the real compassion of God because it's in the human nature that God can suffer in this strict meaning of the term compassionate to suffer with God can now truly suffer in his human nature and that is why the incarnation is at the center of Christianity God has literally tabernacled among us. He's taken up his dwelling place that we might draw unto him and follow him and not just follow him from behind, but open up our lives that he might enter into us so that it's no longer I that live, it is no longer you that live, but Christ that lives within us. This is the God of compassion that we serve. Don't you get excited by just re reflecting on the compassion of God, on the love of God, on the mercy that is shown to us in Christ Jesus. The fullness of God's compassion is delivered to us in Christ because it is in him that he suffers. And he doesn't suffer for suffering's sake. He suffers that death might be conquered because he doesn't stay dead, he rises to new life. This is the God of compassion. Saint Leo the Great, he had um, a letter, a, a tome that he wrote to Flavius. And he said this, and this was in the context of the incarnation. He says, for just as God is not changed by his compassion, so man is not destroyed by his dignity. For each nature does what is proper to it with the mutual participation of the other. Now on the surface, this doesn't seem to make any sense. What does this mean? For just as God is not changed by his compassion. But see, the strict meaning of compassion is being fleshed out here. Remember, Compassion means to suffer. Now, St. Leo the Great is saying, for God is not changed by his compassion, which means what? This is in the context of St. Leo talking about the two natures of Christ. And he's saying that God is not changed by the human nature. The human nature is assumed. He's not changed by the human nature, i.e. he's not changed by his compassion because it's in his human nature that God is truly able to be compassionate in the sense of being able to suffer. To enter into someone's situation. To hold their hand through it. To comfort them. To take on some of the burden. And God didn't just take on some of the burden. He took all of it on. <laughs> That's the humility of God. That's the love of God that he has for us. 
He is compassionate. And when we talk about compassion, we no longer should think about uh, uh, the normal things or the normal ideas that come to mind when we think of compassion. We think of uh, being soft. That is the furthest thing that should be, that should be the furthest thing from our minds, being soft. To be compassionate literally means to suffer with. To suffer with. And we know that the fullness of God's compassion is revealed in Christ in the Paschal mystery. Now that's a big word, but it's not really. You know the meaning. You do. Let's take a look at the scripture. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians, cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Paschal lamb, has been sacrificed. The Paschal lamb, what is that talking about? The Passover lamb, Paschal or the Pasche is the Greek for Passover. And Passover is the culminating event in the Old Testament scriptures, the Passover, where God delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery through the Passover. And we know that Jesus in the New Testament is the Passover lamb, St. Paul tells us. And he delivers us from slavery, not physical slavery, but the slavery due to sin. He's our Passover lamb. And he accomplished that in his passing over from death to new life. And so when we refer to the Paschal mystery, we are referring to that central event of Jesus' passion, his death, resurrection, and ascension. This is the Paschal mystery, which demonstrates the passion of God, the compassion that was revealed to us that we might have a new life, that we might have a second chance, that we might not get stuck in our old ways of thinking, our old ways of living, and that we can be brought to another level of living by Christ Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. This is compassion. We don't have Christianity. We don't have a faith without this Paschal mystery. Once again, the passion, death, resurrection, and ascension. Christianity is more than just a moral code, a list, a bunch of do's and don'ts. No. Christianity is about this event that happened in human history. The God-man who died in his human nature and rose in it to give you and I new life. This is the Paschal mystery. And this was foreshadowed from the very beginning of salvation history. When Adam and Eve turned away from God, God promised that he would put enmity or space between evil and good. And that he would deliver one to come. And the fullness of that is in Christ Jesus in this Paschal mystery. As you go about your day, let's keep in mind how God is so in love with us. He is constantly seeking us. He is constantly stooping down, emptying himself to meet us where we're at. 
whether that be in the hallways, on the field, at the mall, in the classroom, on the job. He wants to meet us right where we're at. Thank you, Lord, for being a Lord of compassion. Let's end it with a prayer. God, the Father of all compassion, I thank you for bringing us together through this new medium. I ask that your name be blessed and be lifted up on high, that this world might come to know you and the love that you have for us. We ask all of this in the, in the name of Jesus, who lives and reigns with you, Father, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. Just to bring it I'm sending to the point Where I'm losing my conviction Daydreaming over the time I committed my whole being To create of a creation Is all that I'm seeing I'm lost while repentance Seems like a foreign term Fantasies about the Eucharist Is all my heart yearns My soul burns In the presence of humility Incarnate Lord we all sin But I feel I've sinned the hardest My life is the darkest When I can't receive your body Sins of flesh got me So I'm blind to all you taught me Your message More powerful than any other weapon The pure of heart Shall receive all of thine attention I worship my Lord cause you're more than just perfect All glory unto you There've been times when I was nervous Committing vainly service Pointing me in the center Remember, Lord, I felt that you were my contender However, you're my gift Jesus Christ, let me lift You mad high that all eyes will be on the risen So holy, could I even ask you to hold me For only by your grace will my pride become lowly I struggle, trying to stay away from any trouble But temptations come so subtle that I fall and I stumble I've come to the conclusion that it's you who I will run to But Every time you're already there before I want you. My God, I'm sorry for all my sins. With all my heart, choosing you to wrong and failing you to good, I've sinned against you, whom I should have loved above all things. I firmly intend what you're